Hello, everybody. That's the podcast named Shift M, the episode number five. And it's me, Igor Bugayenko. We're going to discuss uh, a subject which I'm going to be alone by myself today. Um, so I actually, I'm trying to invite uh, guests time to time, but it's not always easy because, oh, for different reasons. I'm, I'm trying that. I'm planning to have somebody next time and then somebody else next time. But it's always some clash, some, some uh, uh, problems with planning and um, people are not always interested to, uh, to speak publicly. So I'm building, the, I'm building this agenda and the schedule of future meetings, but sometimes I'm still going to be alone. I hope it's not going to be a problem. I still have something to say. So usually when I actually, when I invite somebody, it's, it's a form of an interview. So I don't really like talk a lot. I basically ask questions while, uh, when I'm by myself, then I have more chance to, to tell you my opinion on certain problems. So I'll probably mix uh, interviews with guests and um, episodes where I'm just alone speaking by myself. So today is the one where I'm going to be alone. Uh, the subject is quite interesting and the one which I met uh, recently, I didn't know that term before, it's called inclusive management. Even though I like consider myself uh, a manager, so I'm supposed to know what, what, what's going on in the area of management. I've never heard that before, like a year ago or so. I didn't know what was inclusive management. And I, I met that on the forum. Somebody told me that. And I got interested what this actually means. And I started to read about that. And I want to share with you what I found and what I think about this idea, inclusive management. It goes quite close with uh, uh, diversity, which is the term I definitely... I uh, knew about for, for years, uh, but inclusive management is something which sounds to me something new or so, I don't know. So that's the, that's the, situ- that's the, uh, the subject I'll, I'll, I'll speak about. Um, it, sound, it seems to me that, uh, yeah, I, want, I wanted to start with the definition of a problem. So do we have a problem now in the software world? Uh, do we... What's wrong? That's the first question. And then we'll discuss what is the solutions, how this problem is being solved now. So what people do uh, to solve that problem. And then I will say a few words, not a few, but many words about what I don't like about the solutions these people introduce. So what are we doing wrong in my, in my, in my understanding? So what is the problem? Uh, I made some notes. Yeah, so, so what it is? Well, first of all, let's define what inclusive management is. And uh, I, tr- I tried to find the definition, and I didn't manage to find it because there are so many words about this inclusive, uh, inclusive management uh, issue or question or problem, I don't know how to call it, that it's really difficult to say what they actually mean when they say, inclu- when they say inclusive management. They sometimes say uh, that organizations and managers have to be more inclusive. Sometimes they say that inclusive managers are doing this and that. And then they're basically listing all the possible uh, uh, good words they can ever find. So they're saying like inclusive manager is the one that uh, loves everybody, uh, enjoys working with people and, uh, and, and many, many other things like long list of things which you can put on 
I don't know, on any good person you can ever imagine. So they call it now, it seems to me from these articles, that they call it now uh, inclusive managers. Well, what is the problem? So the problem is the, di the diversity. And I, I want to give you a real example. So uh, I was working in, uh, in, in Western Europe about five years ago. So, and uh, I was an architect. Uh, I was like responsible for technical questions in the software team. And I had a manager. So my manager was not a technical guy. Uh, he was uh, uh, just taking care of organizational issues. And I was his, uh, his technical person. And there was a team about 20 people or so. Uh, and my responsibility was to hire new programmers. So they were posting uh, ads. They were posting uh, information for recruiters and people were just coming and my job was to interview them and then um, tell this manager, this guy who was my boss, who is good, who is bad. And then they started the hiring process or they said, no, sorry, you're not a good fit for us. And I remember that situation when one day I was interviewing and the team was, the team was uh, about 20 people and most, maybe 25, and most of programmers, they were... Uh, quite young. So they were quite young and it was Western Europe. So they were all of them, not most of them, but all of them, they're white people, uh, male, female, different groups. So we had, we had girls, we had boys, uh, but they were quite young and, and from one country. It was Western European country. And uh, I was interviewing a guy who was an Indian guy and he was about 45 or maybe up to 50 years old. He was definitely older than the other group, uh, but he didn't see the group. So I was interviewing that person, that, that developer, programmer, uh, in, in a separate room. So we just met there. We had a, a conversation, an interview for about an hour. I was asking technical questions. Uh, he was answering them, and he seemed to be good. So I not really frequently say that about programmers. So most of programmers who I was interviewing, I was just declining. And, and I usually, in general, I'm more uh, tend to criticize skills of programmers than to say that they are great programmers. So I'm, in general, you know, lean towards the, 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 the no answer, not the yes answer. But in that case, I really liked the guy. I mean, I didn't like him. I, I, I can't say I liked him in person. I didn't pay attention to his personality. I just liked uh, the answers he was giving me. So he was definitely a well-qualified uh, developer. Uh, and, I, and I came back after that interview to my manager and said, uh, yeah, I like this guy. He's, I mean, he's a good developer. And the immediate answer was, yeah, but he's not a good fit. And they just immediately said no to him. So my boss didn't even continue the, the conversation with me. He just said, yeah, yeah, I understand it, but he's not a good fit. That was the answer. I really remembered that. Not a good fit. That's, that, that, that was the exact wording. So obviously he was not a good fit in terms of cultural fit or in terms of uh, age. So he was older than everybody else. He was from India. These people were uh, white. So that's probably what the manager meant. He's not a good fit. He didn't say like, hey, he's a too old or hey, he's from India. But he said he's not a good fit. And of course, we didn't hire that guy. And I said like, okay, what can I do? I mean, I gave you my opinion. I gave you my technical opinion. He's technically is qualified enough, but he's not a good fit. So that was the problem I faced myself personally with the diversity. I mean, not the diversity, but yeah, that actually was a 
problem with diversity. So the whole team was in one culture and, uh, and race and ethical group and you name it, just one group of people which were all from the same place, let's put it this way, from the same territory. They were all, most of them from the same uh, city in the same country, well, except myself, I was, I was from another country, but I still quite close to them. Even my language was different. So they were speaking their own language and I was speaking English with them. So there was some, some distance between us, but that person was like way further away culturally from the group. So I, that's my real, like my real experience with the, problem of diversity, you can say it, or problem with discrimination or whatever. I just, I just saw how it happens. And, um, and, 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 and then the question now is, I just gave you the example, and because I'll, I'll try to use this example later to explain, I mean, to discuss this inclusive management. Um, but still, let's ask ourselves, so what is the problem? So in this, let's say in this particular situation, so the person was not hired, but what is the problem in general for the market, for the world, what's wrong? And I found uh, a few articles, actually I found two articles which I'm gonna use today. One article is um, from uh, Harvard Business Review published three days ago called Four Ways Managers Can Be More Inclusive. And another one published last year by Deloitte, uh, university press which is way longer it's kind of an analysis of this uh, problem of diversity and inclusiveness of, of business and they say let me quote on the definition of a problem so I'm asking myself what is the problem aside from somebody get maybe offended but he was not even offended we didn't the company the company didn't deliver any like bad message to the person nobody's told them like you're not a good fit they just said like no after the interview blah 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 so maybe we a little bit maybe i'm wrong maybe we actually offended that person because he was technically well qualified but then the answer to him obviously was that his technical skills were not good enough because the recruiter and the manager of the company of course they didn't say that you're not you know, you're not a good cultural fit or whatever. They obviously said something else, like we're not hiring anymore or you're not, uh, we don't have a position like that anymore or your technical qualification is not good enough. But anyway, we lied to that person. So we gave him a wrong information. So let's, let's say, of, of course, maybe we offended. But we, but, we, but we, as businesses, we offend a lot of people every day. So, I mean, we, you know, it's business. So in business, you always have, you know, people who you, um, uh, who you make happy and then you have people who you don't make happy at all so it's just a it's just a common situation but what's wrong with this uh, diversity trouble and here's the text I found in the article it says that in the Deloitte report it says that uh, the primary motivation uh, for managers for pursuing diversity and inclusion so pursuing diversity and inclusion means uh, avoiding that situations or so, kind of fighting against them. So the primary motivation was alignment with their own personal values and deep-seated sense of fairness. So it, it actually says that uh, people, the managers are in general, don't like to see that in fairness, don't like this, some people being discriminated, 
for the qualities which do not depend on them and, uh, and they want to fight that. I don't believe in that. I don't think it's true. I don't think this is actually what's happening because I didn't see that person, that, that manager to, you know, to be, uh, you know, to have any deep seated sense of fairness. He just, he just said, it's not a good fit. Bye bye. I mean, he was perfectly happy saying that. And I believe that most managers are like that. Most people are like that. So I don't, in general, don't think that people are, you know, trying to do good things for nothing. They are, especially when they work in business, they are trying to make profit. That's the main reason all businesses are alive and managers are part of that business. So I don't believe in that, in that words. I don't, I think these words are like, it's just, it's just uh, people trying to present it that way. I think the real issue with this diversity problem is that uh, it's not our senses. It's not our emotional, you know, feelings about that situation and like we have so big hearts that we suddenly all of a sudden for so many years for hundreds and hundreds of years we've been discriminating people around us and saying hey we don't we don't like we don't look we don't like how you look we don't like your religion we don't like uh the color of your eyes and that's why you don't work with us we've been saying that for hundreds of years and then all of a sudden now we just feel so deep we have this deep-seated <laughs> sense of fairness where did it come from? Like, why, where did it happen? It wasn't happening 50 years ago. I mean, America has been discriminating black people for so many years and, and just recently. So I don't, think, I don't think people actually changed. But what I think is happening now is that the market is changing. I mean, fine, economical situation is changing. The picture of the market is different. And actually, this report is mentioning that too. So the report is from Deloitte. I'll, 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 I'll give you the link below the, uh, the podcast. It says that the whole market is changing dramatically now. It, it is becoming global. So now, and I was saying that too in a few of my presentations recently. You can find them on YouTube. When I was, uh, one of them is called uh, How Much Do You Cost? And another one is called uh, The Future of Programming or something, uh, which uh, just recently, the last month. And I was saying that now we are becoming, instead of being uh, Ukrainian programmers or German programmers or Californian programmers, we are just becoming programmers. And it, it's happening really fast. So the market is becoming global. And in a few years or maybe in 10 years or 20 years, it will be uh, almost impossible to tell where these programmers are coming from. They will be just, just living in different places, changing places constantly. And the whole market will become uh, available to all organizations. And people who are sitting on top of organizations, I mean, people who are making decisions of where our societies are supposed to move, if these people exist. But I think I'm not, it's not a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying that people with money, they, they do care about uh, what we are thinking about and how we are managing everything, corporations, companies, products, businesses startups, everything. So people with money, they just realize that we, we need to stop being, uh, how would you call it, uh, being local and think about who is a good fit for us culturally and who is not a good fit. But we need to stop doing that and, and, and just welcome everybody to the team. Because if we don't do that, the business financially will lose. So it's a pure money motivator for that. 
It's not about our hearts. It's not about us being so gentle and so, you know, uh, and feeling so bad about people being discriminated. It's all lie. It, it never happened. People are people. They, they've been like that for thousands of years. But financially, now we need to change. Because if we keep doing that, if we keep discriminating people because of their location or because of their language or because of their, uh, what they're coming from, then we're just, doing it, we're, just, we're just doing a bad favor for us business-wise. So the market is changing, like the report is saying, that the market of customers is changing. So customers are also coming from different territories. They're coming from global. I mean, they're becoming global. Uh, money is changing. Money are, is also becoming global. So now our investors and our money resources are also coming from different places. So it's just logically, you know, more, it's just, it's just necessary for a business to be, uh, to stop being, well, for example, racists and, and become these, you know, open-hearted and, and diverse and, and, and promote diversity. So that's what I think is happening. It's for good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I also don't like that. I, I don't like, I, I didn't like to see that person. Uh, I didn't like to see that we are saying goodbye to a good programmer for some really weird reason. So I, I feel, I have these feelings as well, but financially, that's what is driving us forward business reasons we need to go global that's one reason and the second one i think is that uh, that this this inclusiveness the management this inclusive management is not only about diversity it's also about it's not only about welcoming you know people from different groups and different religions to to join the team but it's also about how how you manage the team that's what all these articles are saying so they say that inclusive management means that you have to welcome different opinions. You need to let people uh, let people be creative. You need to manage by uh, you need to give them more opportunities. You need to be less bureaucratic. That's kind of a bottom line of all that. So less bureaucratic and more um, you know lean and agile. You call it whatever you want, but you get the idea. So instead of being strictly by the rules, like we were before, that's what these articles are saying, um, we have to be more, you know, more um, uh, uncertain, maybe unclear, like something like that. So more, uh, the management has to become uh, more open, more ready for sudden changes, for creativity, all that stuff. And again, I don't think it's because we want to be, we want to give people more opportunities because we love people. Not at all. I think it's again financial reason that, that bureaucracy is just stopping us from, from, from uh, uh, getting to the market or getting to clients faster. So big companies which are, uh, which are bureaucrat bureaucratic, like big enterprises, they in generally uh, lose um, to startups. That's like a well-known fact. So now startups are getting way more results and way faster than big corporations. And that's why what big corporations now are doing in, in, in Silicon Valley, for example, they're mostly buying startups. So they're just waiting for the startup to, to, to become big and then they just buy it. So they don't innovate internally, basically, in big corporations because it's almost impossible. Because of the bureaucracy, you cannot innovate if you sit inside uh, Oracle or Cisco or 
or Google even, because there's so many, so much, you know, so much papers around you, so many rules, so many borders that you can cross that, that it becomes impossible to innovate. That's why for a huge company, it's better to wait for a small startup to become bigger and then just uh, acquire it and uh, make it part of, of your own structure. But big companies, they need to find a way to fight with that because this is not, it, it can happen. I mean, it's not really effective way. So they need to somehow uh, make their organizations internally more open for innovation and more open for talents because the talent will walk away uh, if, if there is a lot of bureaucracy. People just will not stay uh, in a big corporation for long if they have an interesting idea. They just jump out, build your own start, their own startup, uh, raise a lot of money, and then uh, bring it back to, to, the, to the original corporation and sell it for millions of dollars. So that's the second problem. We need to, uh, we need to uh, be less bureaucratic. So two things, I think. Again, I'm not, I don't believe, I don't buy that idea about us being open-hearted and big-hearted and we just want to, people to be happy. That's all a lie. What really is driving this inclusive management is the market is becoming global and the bureaucracy is killing us more and more. So we, we need to get, big corporations need to get closer to startup uh, philosophy. Okay, so we got the problem. We understand the idea. So we have a problem. We don't have enough diversity. We still are thinking like in the past, we, we still don't get people because they are not a good fit. And that's wrong because we're going to lose money because of that. So what's the solution? And now let's jump to the solution. A list of things I found people recommend. And I believe this is all wrong, what they're saying. Um, what they're saying, now I'm looking at the first article, which I'm going to mention. It's called uh, Four Ways... Uh, managers can be more inclusive by Sidney Finkelstein. Uh, he's a professor in the university, professor of manager. So he's saying that he basically highlighted four things which managers have to do now comparing to what they were doing before. So it's like we, we were not inclusive managers before and now we need to, to become inclusive managers. And, here's, and he pictures, he draws the picture of what is the real change, like what happened, what's happening, what needs to happen. Uh, point number one, he says that inclusive managers, they hire for talent, not a resume. So when you hire, you're supposed to look at the person instead of the resume. And he's saying that, um, that inclusive managers don't hire people uh, traditionally. Well, actually, he's saying that traditional managers are, uh, they have some established formula for assessing, assessing a recruit's desired credentials or background. But the new manager, who is the inclusive manager, uh, they uh, need to create their own formulas. And, um, and then we need to celebrate uh, creativity, flexibility, exceptional intelligence, and recognizing that the best candidates are not uh, the traditional hires. Uh, let's look at the, this is the, this is a suggestion which doesn't help us to become uh, better, 
doesn't help us to solve that problem we, we, just, we, just, we just understood we have. The problem is that we are, uh, that we, let me, let me get back, step back and define the problem. So the problem is that we are, uh, uh, that we are, no, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say what the, maybe I'll say what the problem is now. I think that the problem is that managers are not just capable of doing any management at all. So all they can do is that they can rely on very traditional, basic and simple uh, rules and principles and instru instruments of, uh, of, of uh, keeping people under control. So it's like the, the thousand or hundred years old idea of management is like you are, I'm stronger, you're weaker, and that's why I manage you. So basically, uh, I, and, and, and then everything else comes from there. So you're sitting in the office, if I raise my voice, you listen to me. If I'm the boss, then you do what I say. If I am, you know, a male and you're the female, then you follow what I say. If I am from this country and you're the immigrant, then you're basically, I mean, you, you do what I say, something like that. So it's like really basic primitive ideas which were on the market for hundreds of years. And they worked. They worked for so long. But now we need to change. We need to, we need to create something else. We need to manage differently because, like I said, the market is changing. Now it's, it's a different market right now. Thank, thanks for the internet. Thanks for new technologies. It's not happening because people are becoming, you know, better people. People are people. But the software and technologies and the really fast connections between countries, they change the picture of the world. So we need to change. Let's look at this suggestion, how this suggestion actually helps us to change. So he's saying that uh, traditional managers, they had some formula for assessing, for, for actually checking the credentials of the, card, of the, of the candidate. But now we need, to, we need to look differently. We need to look at creativity, flexibility, and everything. What formula my boss had when he said, this guy, this guy is not a good fit. There was no formula. What kind of formula are you talking about? <laughs> Traditional managers, they don't have formulas. They actually rely on that creativity, flexibility, and everything else. So they didn't have any rules, any standards of hiring. That's why that person rejected that Indian guy. That Indian guy. Because he didn't have the formula. Not because he, he had a strict formula according to which new candidates are supposed to get in, start working, uh, pass the trial period, and then uh, pass some tests and get, get some numbers. And then according to the numbers, their salaries have to be defined, and then they move on, and then they progress, and then they achieve uh, good results. No, my boss didn't have that at all. They didn't have any formulas. What he was relying on, only the basic primitive uh, methods of management, which actually included this creativity, flexibility, and everything. He was just expecting that people will come in and they will be creative, flexible, they will be talented, they will be thinking out of the box. And that guy who was 45 years old instead of 25 was not a good fit for this picture of creativity and flexibility. So telling these new managers, if we want managers to change, telling them that they need to uh, uh, to forget about rules and forget about uh, structure and forget about formulas and start thinking in, 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 in terms like, uh, there are many of them here, 
open-minded, uh, opportunistic. You can read the article. There are so many fancy words in there. So if you rely on that words, we'll just even it will just even making the situation worse, because that managers who were managing people for years uh, traditional way. They didn't have no rules, no formulas, nothing. And now we are telling them, look, forget your formulas. Rely on people's creativity. What does it mean? I mean, for them, they don't know, they don't, <laughs> they don't know what to do. They, they didn't have, instead, we need to give them a completely different uh, recommendation. We need to tell them, look, you were relying on something unclear, on, some, uh, on the management without any structure and discipline. Now it's time to change and introduce some formulas because people are coming from different countries because people are so different because now you cannot just say who is creative, who is not because he may look to you like a foreigner because he's from India. Of course, you, you saw probably like five people from India in your whole life. Of course, for you, it looks like somebody who is difficult to manage. That's why you need to introduce rules and, 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 uh, and strict formulas. So that person who is coming from a completely different country will actually be able to jump in and work according to that formula. Because he may not work, he cannot work according to your cultural understanding of management. He's not going to listen to you, he may get offended because you, for example, you scream at him. Because for you in your country, screaming at somebody and, and, and raising your voice in, in the office is okay. But for him, it may be a completely different story. Maybe he will get offended just by you raising your voice. So you, you should stop managing people by emotions. You should stop managing people by creativity, flexibility, and all these abilities. But instead, you need to introduce more strict rules. And then the problem of diversity will be solved. Because they will be able to, to join your project and work like everybody else. Because there will be no cultural component in the picture. So this idea of hire for talent, not for resume, is completely wrong. Instead, you need to hire by a resume and not the talent. So look at the objective facts now. He may look like a completely untalented person for you. But look at the resume. Look at the, look at the achievements that person made. For example, you're used to manage only guys, only male programmers. You just know what to do with them because they're like a good fit for you. You know how to find a, a common ground with them. And then some girl shows up and, and you, just, you just don't look at the resume. You just look at her and then you say, well, it doesn't look like she's, man, she's talented. Well, for, for your personal reason. Come on, you're just a person. You may misunderstand what's going on. You should put that aside and instead look at the resume. Look at the objective factors like what are the results of this person? What were achieved? So you need a formula. That's what I think. The second point is, it's called unleash everyone's creativity. Again, creativity. It's a nice word. And it says, um, that's what it said, that traditional leaders um, kind of ignore creativity or so. Um, so they may talk about innovation. I'm reading the article. So these traditional managers, they may talk about innovation and the necessity of adaptation, but they really only want employees to do what they're told. With, I'm, I keep reading, with clear rules, instructions, boundaries, goals, and no excuses. So this, <laughs> let me quote again. So the article says that this is the old and, and not effective way of management. Clear rules, instructions, boundaries, goals, and no excuses. 
And now, <laughs> and now they are suggesting us the new way of management, which is called inclusive management, which inclusive leaders, I'm reading, inclusive leaders invite team members to all levels, at all levels, to contribute their own original thinking. Indeed, they require it. So what actually the article is saying is that forget the rules, forget instructions, forget goals, just remove the entire structure from your project. Just, just get out of it, like take it out. No discipline anymore. Because, and then let people at all levels contribute the way they want. How can this be logical? If these people are, are different now. So yesterday we had everybody from the same country. They are all, for example, male, and they are all sitting in the same office. And we had no rules and, and no goals and, and no boundaries. Okay, maybe it worked because we knew each other. We were friends. We, understand, we were understanding each other. Everything was more or less clear. And now the market is becoming global. People start coming from different places. Now they are different. They're from minority groups. They are all of a sudden coming from India. They're all of a sudden are 50 years old, while all of us are 25. And, and then we're saying, okay, to welcome them, we need to get, out of, get rid of rules at all. <laughs> just, just completely remove the discipline. What will happen? It's going to be just chaos, and it's going to be only the real discrimination will start. Because when there are no rules, the, the, the group will generate rules um, instantly. It's not possible for a group to stay without rules, to stay without hierarchies, to stay without, uh, you know, how they called uh, uh, people who are, you know, who do, they become bosses even though they're not actual bosses. So, like, uh, they called, like, uh, uh, leaders, but uh, the leaders who are not actually, like, official leaders, but leaders who are, who are coming or, organically from the group. So that's what's going to happen. So the rules will be built, but they will be ugly. They will be full of racism. They will be full of discrimination. They, these people will feel really uncomfortable who are coming from, from different countries, for example. The immigrants, let's take immigrants. So the immigrants will feel not comfortable because they join the team, but there are no, no rules there. They don't know how to work. There are no instructions. You don't know how your source code will be reviewed, for example. So if I commit, if I contribute with my changes, uh, will they pay attention to my uh, immigration status? Will they pay attention to my language? Will they pay attention to my, I don't know, to my gender, my religion? Or there will be some rules and principles of the code review. But no, the article says, no, 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 remove them. <laughs> remove the rules. Forget them. Just let people be creative. It's completely wrong. It's a terrible idea. We're not going to achieve what they are trying to achieve. We're not going to solve the problem. We're not going to get the diversity by doing that. In order to get the diversity, in order to problem of diversity to be solved, we need to make management uh, informal leaders. Yeah, that's thanks. There's a, um, in the chat, I, I got the, the hint. So informal leaders. Exactly, that's what I was, I was talking about. So informal leaders will show up. In the, in the team, and then everything else will just will just collapse. It's not going to be the, the team is not going to be management managed anymore because of that. So we cannot solve. Uh, if you want to solve the problem of diversity, you don't need to you don't need to force your team 
for diversity. Or like I, I read another article, like in, in Pinterest, for example, they have a, a chief of diversity. It's like I have a chief of engineering or a VP of engineering. They have chief of diversity. That's the, the, most, <laughs> the, the most stupid idea you can ever imagine in this area. You don't, you don't fix the diversity. You don't declare the diversity. You don't pay attention to that. Instead, you fix your management. You make sure you have rules. You make sure you have instructions. You make sure your management is so uh, objective, is so definite, is so uh, non-ambiguous that no matter who joins the team will feel equal. So it's not like, hey, girls come to our team because we need more girls. Or, hey, immigrants, people from India, Pakistan, and Russia, come join our team because we, we want to solve the problem of diversity. We have all Americans. Now it's time for us to invite somebody from, from Spain, I don't know, from, from Germany. No, it's not going to help us. We need to, to make sure that our team is actually doesn't pay attention to who is working with us, that we don't care, actually don't care, who is writing that code and who is contributing. If that happens, then... The, the, the diversity problem will just disappear. Like in my teams, for example, I've been, I've been, I'm writing code with programmers from so many different countries and I don't know even where, what countries they're coming from. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know whether they're male or female. I don't care because in my team, in my, in my programming style, it doesn't matter at all who, are, who you are. You can be an alien. You can be a monkey. You can be anybody as long as you contribute, as long as you write the code, which our quality rules and our instructions and our boundaries and our uh, principles of work will accept. And that's all. So, and that means diversity. I never paid attention to diversity. I never asked myself of how many people I need to find from China, for example. Oh, I don't have enough Chinese people. I don't care. I mean, they will join and they may leave and they may come again. It's their business. But when they join, nobody knows that these people are from China. They are just programmers. That's how it should be. But, but for that, in order to achieve that, you need rules. You need very strict discipline. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You cannot just uh, declaring, you cannot just, it's not enough to just declare diversity and in order to get it. Uh, yeah, that's another comment. So even, even a cat can contribute to the open source project. I'm not only working with open source projects. We are also working on commercial projects. And that's true. Even if, if you can contribute, you can be a cat, you can be a monkey, you can be a rabbit. It doesn't matter who you are. What's the color of your skin? We don't care. Like, we organically don't care. It's not that I'm going around the office and telling everybody, hey, people, pay attention. Starting today, we don't care what's the color of the skin of that person. So yesterday I was saying, you know, that Indian guy is not a good fit. And tomorrow I go to the office and say, you know what? It's time to change. Now we're not going to pay attention to the territory or the culture uh, a programmer is coming from. Nobody's going to believe that and it's not going to happen. It's not going to change. So, uh, so that's... Uh, uh, that's what I that's what I think. So let me read the comments. So somebody is saying that uh, I'm vanishing people personality. Exactly. I think it's only good that the business has to pay attention to results of people, not to their personalities. The, the moment you start paying attention to personality of people, then you are becoming, uh, then the, the problem of diversity will show up because people are different. People are different. No matter what we say, but we are different. 
I'm coming from one country, you're coming from another one. We had different childhood, we were raised differently, we believe in different things, so we are different. So if we come together, and we will come together, because the market is becoming global. So we will be together in one team, and we will have some conflicts, we will have some issues, because we're different. And we cannot fight with that, we cannot solve that by just, uh, you know, by just uh, declaring goals. The only way we can solve it is that we need to design our business the way that it doesn't care about personality. That's how it's done in my case, like how open source projects work. When you contribute something to GitHub project, nobody's going to ask you what country you're coming from. They're going to only look at your Java code, and if the Java code doesn't work, they're going to reject. I mean, they're not going to merge your pull request. That's all. And you, there will be no discussions about your religious religion or about your immigration status. They will just laugh at that and say, yeah, sure, solve your problems. It's your, I mean, we don't care. We don't even want to know what's your status and what's your marriage situation. So I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm totally against any attention to personality in the business. The business has to be, uh, the, the, the goal of a manager, the role of a manager, the responsibility of a good manager is to define rules of business, to define and enforce the rules of a project. So how the project is, is, is going forward. What are the rules? So who is getting what? How much do we pay for that? How, how many pull requests we accept from here and there and, and so forth. And of course, in these rules, no, you know, uh, no, you know, uh, no manager would ever say in that rules that we pay attention to, the, uh, to your country of origin. One more comment in the chat, let me read it. Uh, yeah, so they're saying that uh, diversity managers are like fixing consequences, not the issue reason, and bad management is the reason. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. So these diversity managers who all these corporations now have, they're trying only to somehow polish the picture and make it look a little bit better for investors, for the publicity, for, for the society. Just, hey, look, we have a diversity manager, and in most cases it's somebody from the minority group, and, and then and, and look, we pay attention. So we hire more women and we hire more, uh, I don't know, more immigrants and whatever. It's not solving the problem. You're still having the wrong management. If you, in the first place, have the situation uh, with the diversity, it means that your, your management is, is just doing something wrong. I mean, wrong, it's ineffective. That's all. I'm not blaming manager for, managers for being uh, racist, for example. Again, like I said, people are people. They just, we're just, um, by design, we are, uh, we are designed to find a foreigner. So we just look at some, we, we, every time we meet somebody, uh, we are, we identify another person as uh, one of us or somebody else. So that's just, we are as animals are designed like that. We just need to know who is with us, who is from our group, or who is, a, who is a somebody who is potentially an enemy, an enemy. So, of course, if some immigrant from another country with a different skin color shows up, we automatically identify that person as an enemy. Even though we, we're not racist, we're not, you know, we, we don't feel anything bad, but as animals, we, our bodies immediately tell us, like, look, that, uh, this is a potential danger for us. So there's no need to, you know, we, we can't solve it just in a few years. And I don't think it's necessary to solve it. People are different and let us be different. Come on, what's the point of, you know, uh, uh, ignoring that, the differences? But 
the business as a, as a structure that is producing some products must be paying attention to something else, to, to the effectiveness of, of delivering results. Uh, let me read a few more comments. Uh, another information that uh, Airbnb, it's a big American company, does that uh, uh, diversity problem solving uh, with a hiring process. Its hiring process is a lot about depersonalizing CVs and interviews to remove any biases. This is exactly what you're talking about, setting strict rules. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you, of course, you, but, but, uh, but again, doing that in order to solve diversity problem, I think it's just, it's just, uh, it's just populism. So you're basically playing that in order to satisfy the society. The business, I, again, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm using me as an example. I never thought about that. I never wanted to do anything in order to solve the diversity problem. I never cared about that. I only was fixing, I only was improving my, my business. I mean, making it uh, more open to more candidates and more talents on the market. I was never like looking at my process and saying, look, now we are hiring and not hiring people from China. That's, that's wrong. I need to do something about that. And okay, now let's, let's not reject Chinese people. Never. I was only thinking, how can I get more talents from the entire planet? So, so solving the diversity problem is just, is just something which I don't, I don't see it as a logical. Uh, can I ask? Yeah. Um, let me, there's somebody asking in the chat. Uh, one more question. Yeah, what if uh, your employee just don't feel like some employee, some programmer just doesn't feel comfortable with guys from, for example, from India? Uh, it just, this, for example, this person from India may distract my existing programmer from doing business. Uh, well, it may happen. I, I totally understand that. For example, somebody is a Muslim, another one is a Christian. So this Muslim person, not from India, for example, from Pakistan or another country, any country from Germany, whatever. So one person is a, is a Muslim, another one is a Christian. So they, I, I sit them together in the office and they sit next to each other and they start arguing about their religious beliefs. And instead of writing Java code, they will be focused on convincing each other uh, who is right and who is wrong. This may happen. Of course, this may happen. But that means that uh, if, if that happens, it means that, uh, that for them, for these people uh, in the office, uh, proving their religious or sexual or uh, cultural or national or gender points uh, is more important than making money. So they are actually coming to the, to the office, coming to the business, even though maybe they, can, they, maybe they are remote, but still they're, they're joining the team, they're joining the, the company in order to make money. Again, all these people saying that uh, they, they come to the business because they want to be together with interesting people, they want to be in the family. That's again, it's a total lie. We all go to the business because we want to earn money. If, I, if that any person would not want to earn money, they would do something else. They would find another company. They would find another group of people. They would, they would go somewhere else. They are in the business because they want money. They need money. 
if they have time and if they have the, the interest to discuss something else aside from making money, it means that they are not, that your motivational structure in the team, in the group is broken. In most cases, people just, businesses just don't have any motivational structure. The motivational structure sounds like by the end of the month, you're going to get this amount of money, which is completely, it's, it's a green ticket, it's a green light for, any, for every single programmer that you're supposed to be in the office, do whatever you want, and just, just be in the office. And then, of course, they have so much, a lot of, they have so much free time, they have so many interesting, interesting points to discuss, and they will discuss them. Of course, they will jump into uh, religious discussions, and they will talk about movies, they will talk about uh, sex, and all that stuff. And they will find interesting points, and they will, of course, fight sometimes. Because, I mean, come on, you're not, you're not motivating them enough to actually deliver results. But if you pay them for results, they will just be not interested to spend a minute on this discussion. They will always know that they are here doing what they're doing in order to make money. So maybe sometimes they will say a few words, but it's going to be completely unimportant, non-important for them. So if people pay, if, if for you working in the office together with somebody and it makes you a problem, for example, working with somebody from India or, uh, I don't know, from some other country or some other uh, cultural group, then it means that you're not focused enough on what you're doing. I mean, come on, nobody, you will not be distracted if you're focused on, on, on writing code and, and uh, you're getting money for, let's say, every single line you write. You'll just write as much as possible and go home and take your, and take your money. Um, yeah, of course, there's somebody wants to, to say a few words loud. So let me unmute the microphone. Uh, you, you have to, yeah, you have to say a few words about who you are and then keep, and then go ahead, ask the question. Go ahead. Hi. Hello. Do you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so do I need, do I need to just like say who, who am I and... Oh, just a few words, if it's important. If it's not, just go ahead with the question. No, it's, it's not important okay. at all. So um, don't you think that companies like SpaceX, uh, where there are no people from India, because uh, to work in SpaceX, you just need to get a green card. Uh, this company is more attractive than the other companies where you can, um, you can just uh, see some people from other countries like India. Mm -hmm. uh, attractive for uh, programmers or attractive? Yes, for yes. Attractive for workers, for employees. Okay, so in this company, we don't have foreigners and that's why programmers will want to join that company more, right? Yes, yes. They, they just don't like to see some people from other countries. From certain cultures. Okay, yeah, I got the question. Uh, yeah, so here's the question. You, you heard the question. So let's say the company just says, you know, to get in our company, you need... Uh, you need a green card or you need some, some authorization, I don't know. And that's why there are less, for example, less uh, immigrants or less people from certain cultural group. And then programmers will want to join that team. Again, I, well, some people say that, for example, in Oracle, there are many people from India. I've heard that too. So Oracle company there, like in California, they say that Oracle is like an Indian company now. So most Oracle employees are from India, uh, which is, I mean, 
good, bad, I don't know, but that's just, it just means that the, the, there's a certain like big percentage of people, uh, big percentage of people from um, certain, from certain country, like immigrants, or they're not maybe immigrants at all now, they're just, they're just from there. Uh, again, if you, definitely, definitely, of course, some people may find this company more attractive, more interesting to work at because, hey, they're like everybody there from, I don't know, there are many Russian programmers, for example. That's why I want to join that because, because I will have more chance to speak Russian and, and it's like more fun for me to work. Or like an Indian programmer may say like, hey, I want to work in Oracle because there are so many uh, people from India. I will feel more comfortable there. Again, it's only a sign, it's only an indicator for us that uh, the management there is not perfect. And when you're saying that, like, I will be more interested to work in SpaceX, it means that you just assume, you just, you just assume that their management will be as bad as any other management in any other company. So they will also judge you by, they will also give you some money by the end of the month, and they will give you a lot of time to do something. And then you will have to, and they will give you no rules, just like the article is suggesting, no rules, no control, no discipline, no instructions, and that will mean no management. So you just understand that like in any other company, in SpaceX, there will be also no management, and then you will, be have, you will have to survive somehow, like in the wild. And to survive in the wild, of course, it's better to have people who at least understand your language, for example. So they will be like Russians, or they will be like Indians. So, and, and that's just your assumption that there will be no management and that's why you need support. You need support from people who are like, who look like you, who's, who think like you, who are close to you. But if the company, that's just, it's just a, the whole problem on the market because all companies are like that. Most companies are like that. Most of them, like vast majority of companies don't have management. And thanks to these articles, which are now being published of this uh, inclusive management, we will have more and more of them. So people will forget uh, normal management, will forget rules and principles and discipline and everything, and they will just start celebrating this chaos, which now they call inclusive management. And that will create even, even more problems for, uh, for, di for diversity, because all of us will just know that no matter where you come, no matter what company you join, they will expect you to be uh, inclusive, to be happy about everything, to be welcoming everybody, but we can't. I mean, we're, we're, people are people. We, don't, we can't love everybody. Like I said, we naturally, instinctively, we find enemies and friends. And if there are no rules for that, if you don't know uh, whose pull request will be accepted and who is the, who is the person to review your pull request and who, who has the final say on your pull request, then you will go around the office and find people who are white, for example. If I'm white, I will find somebody who is white and start, you know, try to make friends with this, with this person. And, and, and making friends in order to make sure that my pull request will be somehow accepted, maybe by this person. I'm not going to start with a, uh, with a black female, for example. I'm going to start with a white male. I mean, that's because, you know, people, like I said, people are people. I'll, I'll, do it. I'll do it just instinctively. And that's wrong. It shouldn't happen like that. The, the management has to give us rules of that, has to say, hey, we don't care who's black, who's white. These are the rules of who is accepting pull requests. Don't go around the office. Don't look for friends. Don't look for enemies. Don't, you know, don't assign, uh, don't build rules by yourself. We did it already for you. 
So that's why we have management here. That's why we created rules. Now just follow the rules and everything will be fine. So this, again, let me, let me finish this article and we probably have to, to wrap this up. Uh, the last point, they're giving the point number four, they're saying uh, we need to foster competition and collaboration. That's a completely, uh, completely difficult for me to understand what they mean. But, uh, uh, but let me quote, let me quote the sentence. They say, employees come to think of themselves as a band of brothers and sisters united against the world. So that's just, that's just insane to say that. I mean, we can say that, of course, that the team is band of <laughs> brothers and sisters united against the world and the people just join the team and they are so happy to be in the team that everything just moved forward and the business just flourish and the product is getting to the market, deployed, everything is fine. But in reality, it's not happening. In reality, like I said, people are people. In order to, to, to get results, we need discipline. We need rules and principles and uh, we need structure and the quality control. We're not going to be band of brothers and sisters because we're different. And because the market is becoming global, we are less brothers and sisters. We just... Like I said, we just know that uh, somebody who doesn't speak my language is not my brother, <laughs> not my sister. We are different. Of course, we can train ourselves more and more to feel like we're the same, we're, we're absolutely, but it's not, but it, it may happen in one case out of 100. In 99 cases, people will just uh, not collaborate and not, uh, and, and not compete to each other, like here it's suggesting competition and collaboration. So people will compete to each other in a really ugly way, in a violent way. I mean, they're probably not going to fight in the office, but that may happen too. Because they don't know how to compete properly, they're going to fight in a bad way. So uh, to, to wrap this up, my understanding is that inclusive management is, uh, diversity is a good idea. Inclusive management, whatever it means, I don't know what it means, but whatever it means is probably a good idea. I mean, business, it's a good idea because it will help business to make more money. That's my main point. That diversity is great because it will, make the, it will help the business to get to the global market and make more money. But the way we're trying now to achieve that by assigning this chief of diversity and by claiming that really, really weird and strange rules, which basically suggesting us to get rid of rules at all, get rid of... Uh, everything we had before, even though we didn't have it before. We had like really, really some formulas and some rules, and now they're telling us get rid of the rules at all. What's going to happen? Nothing good will happen. People just get really um, disoriented. These, these ideas and these words just completely disorient us, and we don't know what to do because they ask us to be band of brothers and sisters and they don't give us any, any, any rules of work. Just be brothers and sisters. Yeah, maybe we will. But you know who's going to be the main brother and sister? The white male. What else do you expect? Of course, the white male will dominate and, and, and the, the women will be in minority and, and all the other troubles will just, will just increase because, because that's what happens in the band of brothers and sisters. The big brother is the big brother and the sister is the sister. So if you want these people to be really on the same, you know, on the same level and really work together, then you need to give them some basic, uh, some basic rules of communication, rules of working together. 
And we're not doing that. We're, we're suggesting them some completely something else. I think it's wrong. That's my understanding of diversity and inclusiveness. So I think we're going in the wrong direction, even though our goals are, you know, maybe good of these people who write these articles and these management professors, this Sydney. Uh, but I don't think he's a, you know, I, I would not recommend doing what he's recommending. My recommendations are completely different. My recommendations is fix your management, introduce structure, introduce discipline, introduce good principles of work, think about them mathematically, think about them logically, and then put people on top of that and people will really appreciate it and they will enjoy working with you because they will see that there is structure. And then in that structure, their qualities, their professional skills are valued, not their color of their skins or whatever. Okay, thanks for that. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you soon. We will try to record every Monday. If you want to join, join my Telegram group and um, see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for coming.